instead of whatever the crap music they play before the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I think people would be more excited for the Super Bowl. I know Bowl. our next Personally. guest would be Jazz. Personally, that's mm-hmm. my own choice. Alan Bell joins us of uh, at AB3 on YouTube. How you doing, Alan? Boys, doing fantastic. I tell you what, man, it, the best option we could get is that song, and I guess Taylor Swift singing it now that she's in the Super Bowl too. So there you go. That'd be perfect, John. Would it? I yes. Mean, she'd probably charge an arm and a leg. Yeah, they got a few dollars. Yeah, you know what? You know what's funny? All right. So the NFL forever has tried to get Taylor Swift to do that the halftime show. She never does it because obviously, like, what does she need? She doesn't need anything from anyone, right? Now the NFL gets her and her publicity in the Super Bowl for free. Yes. So there you go. The NFL <laughs> always wins. Yes, they do. I, I mean, this is perfect. It's 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 almost as if this whole romance is scripted. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, well, let's start with the hey, NFL. Well, I was going to say, uh, not to interrupt you, no, no. what can't Andy Reid draw up? This man is just killing it. He's right? a hell of a script writer, I'll tell you. <laughs> but let's start with the NFC game first because it seems like that's where most of the takes are coming from. This morning, this day after the conference championship game, Dan Campbell, we knew what he was going in. We knew he was high into analytics. We knew he was big on going for it on fourth and short. He died with his boots on. But did he have to go out this way? No, he didn't. Now, I think we could walk and chew gum at the same time. All right, what the Lions accomplished this season is phenomenal. You just don't have to... It's almost like the movie Casino, right? You know, when, it, when they were talking about Tommy Joe Pesci's character, they're like, you know what? He's always got something to prove. Too much cowboy in him, right? Like, you don't have to do all that. Did you see what Andy Reid has been doing forever? You just make good decisions, right? Like, you, you, you let the other coach and other team outcoach themselves. Nick Saban has done that in college forever. Belichick did that, right? So, I, I mean, look, I, I, I can't believe... The bigger thing is... What in the hell happened to the second half? All right, they they just stopped scoring. I mean, that's the larger problem. But yeah, man, like you know, he'll learn that y- you don't have to go that far. Is there one in particular, Alan, that you're critical of? And obviously, you know, you have the two fourth down decisions. One of them, I mean, certainly seemed like a, a drop pass where it could have been or should have been a completion. You have the decision to run it on third down at the very end of the game that results in them calling a timeout. Is there one in particular that maybe you defend or you like, and then the one in particular where like that was an absolutely horrific decision? So, look, I, I, I wasn't really with any of them. I'll say this. I think you just nailed it, it is, is the play calling towards it, right? Like, if you're going to go, you know, four or fourth down, it's one of those to where you, you have to understand early that that is going to be in play, like you said, right? So you take second down, third down, and you just get as close to the sticks as possible, right? You don't have to go for a long pass, right? You, you just kind of, let's get two, three, let's get two, three, whatever, and get right there. And then on fourth down, you know, you see passes. And again, like you said, man, should have been completed. But still, it, it, you know, that's the risk. That's the variance, right? So I, I'm not necessarily like super against them by any means. I'm not for them either, but I think it's just a little bit better planning if that's going to be the way that you go about it. The interesting thing was he had a similar decision at the end of the first half where he could have gone for it on fourth and goal from about the three-yard line. And kicked. And instead he he decided to kick because it put him up three scores. The first fourth down that they went for, the one that Josh Reynolds dropped, they kicked the field goal, they're back up three scores, and all that work San Francisco did just to get back to two scores 
Now they got to start all over again. Mm-hmm. And it makes the whole comeback completely different. If there was one, and I personally didn't have a problem with either because I get it. That's what they do. And, and probably concerned about stopping the 49ers as well. Right. But yeah. there's, there's, there's a notion of, well, you didn't do it here, but then you decided to do it here. So there was a little bit of selectivity on where those decisions came in. Yeah, and, you know, kicking a 47-yard field goal, you know, uh, out there. I get it, man. Like, you know, I understand. Like, you you, want to, like you said, you know, you die with your boots on, right? Like, you want to go out the way that you play and who you are. And that's one thing that I've respected about the Lions and not only Dan Campbell, but, you know, their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. You know, when they're up in a game, they they don't go into like prevent mode and all like they they just play their game their style now it didn't work against the 49ers but that's the general approach so i respect that one but man i'm with you and especially you know after the how the first half ended he kicked the field goal which was the right call and understand since 2015 you calculate every single nfl game that's been played 15% of all of those have been decided by exactly 3 points this is a 3 point league Field goals absolutely matter, and especially in the playoffs and especially on the road. So I'm with you. Like, I don't have any huge, like, you know, disagreements, but I'm trying to just grab three whenever I can, or if I need to play field position, I'll do that. Alan, looking at the winner of this game, I feel like this has been a pretty perfect postseason for Brock Purdy in the sense of us in the content game because he has been poor for long stretches. He has also delivered at very important times. I mean, the fact that the play that, that kind of kicked everything off beyond the fourth down missed conversion was a deflection off of a Lions player I thought was pretty perfect. What, what have you made of him in the last two weeks? Because there have, there have been times where I know I'm talking to friends who watch the league and they're like, yeah, they're obviously going to have to move on from him in the offseason or bring in Kirk Cousins or something. And then the second half will happen, and he brings them back, and they, they win the football game and move on in another round. Yeah, so, all right, so you said he has pretty perfect. It's pretty perfect. Okay, that was horrible. That joke was terrible. We're never going to do that and again. We're but yeah, but we got him for two more weeks. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? No, I, I think you bring up an excellent point, and, and it's this. Brock Purdy is still playing so far above his head. Yes, the first halves against Green Bay and against Detroit, not good. Second half, team comes back, catch fire, and go. I think the bigger question for San Francisco is this defense, all right? We saw Jared Goff in the first half completely tear them apart. Second half, defense looked completely different, right? In the pretty much the entire game against Green Bay, Jordan Love ate them a lot. They, they were lucky to, to even get past that one. So, yeah, like there are questions about Purdy. But I think the bigger one is what is going on with the defense from what we saw earlier in the season, and the the largest part is getting to the opposing quarterback, getting sacks. Their numbers have just been. I mean, I know Joey Bosa had himself a good game, uh, good game, but like, he, or Nick Bosa, I'm sorry, but like, it's. I worry more about the defense than I do Purdy. Purdy's doing his job. He, he's exactly who we think that he's going to be. Well, I mean, it's a fascinating point because, really, if you look at it, San Francisco's played two games in the playoffs, but they've only had two good halves. The yep. second halves of both, and you might say, well, it's still getting the job done, but then you project ahead to what it's going, what they're going to face in two weeks, and you're not facing Jordan Love anymore, and you're not facing Jared Goff anymore. You're facing Mahomes and you're facing Kelsey, and oh, by the way, these guys are hitting their stride 
at a perfect time. They may have not been there in December, but they are now here in January slash February. And, and we saw, I mean, we saw yesterday, and as we kind of shift the conversation now to the AFC game, Ravens weren't getting a lot of pressure in the first half. Second half, they did, and they were able to slow the Chiefs down. But if San Francisco cannot get consistent pressure on Patrick Mahomes, eventually it's going to come back to bite you. Oh, God, yes. I mean, it, it is, it's frightening already to play the Chiefs, much less when, like you said, absolutely hitting their stride. And, and look, in the second half, you're right. I mean, it did slow down. But Kansas City's been there, and they understood. They were like, look, this this offense for the Ravens is not going to work against us. We have a good defensive plan, and we're playing great. Field position will work for us, right? Now, you definitely do want to score you know, more than, than what the Chiefs did, but they played the game that they needed to play to win, and that's what experience does for you, and that's what a quarterback like Mahomes can do for you. So, uh, yeah, like that's the concern. And what we've seen from the Chiefs, against the Dolphins, the Bills, and then the Ravens has really been exactly the same. They just keep coming. They keep coming. And every time that you score, awesome, man, we're going to do it again. Like, they, they score as many points as they need to, and they know how to get games and put them out of reach for the other team. It's just phenomenal, man. Like, this team is just playing so, so good. This is going to be a hell of a Super Bowl. Like, I I cannot wait to watch it. I don't know if the 49ers want to play from behind for a third playoff game in a row because this is not the team to do that against. Yeah, and Alan, it's interesting. In, in the AFC title game is being replayed right now on NFL Network, and, and it's in the second quarter right now, and the Chiefs are up 14-7. to And the thing that continues to stick with me now almost 24 hours later is that while the Ravens were playing from behind early in the game, I mean, really, the entire game, it seemed like they were playing like they were down 14 or 20 points. What in the world do you make of the game plan, especially with Todd Munkin and calling plays, where it's like they were trying to drop back and and pick up 14 points a pass attempt instead of doing what got them there, and that was running the football and doing so at a very high rate? Yep, you nailed it right there. They they got away from who they are and what you know, really made them succeed. Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP because of his completion percentage. And what Todd Munkin did when he came in is essentially if you have a grid, okay, deep, intermediate, short, left, middle, right, Mm -hmm. okay? Munkin literally just found the places where Lamar is not that successful and said, we're just not going to throw there. We're going to throw to the places where you are comfortable and good doing it. And you saw his completion percentage. It was 70, 71% all season long because he was throwing five-yard passes safe and using his legs and using the run game. What the Chiefs did in Spags is said, you know what? We're going to attack you in the pocket. You're going to have to make a decision, and your legs are not going to be available as many times as you think and want them to be. And when Lamar Jackson, we've seen this before, when he has to beat a team in the pocket, it doesn't work. We see the same result every single time is that it just doesn't work, man. And the Chiefs drew up a a terrific defensive game plan. And look, we have to give Spags credit too. Like Mahomes, Kelsey, they get credit, and rightfully so. Mahomes all-time, Kelsey's all-time. But what Spags has done the past few years with this defense, the bigger the game, the more above their heads that they play. They they just show up, and they know exactly what to do, and they don't beat themselves. So, yeah, man, like Baltimore's going to have to figure that out of what you said. Lamar's not going to beat you from the pocket. You're going to have to be aggressive, and they weren't. And that's on John Harbaugh, too, because that's that's been his thing 
for a while now. They get big games in the playoffs, and they all shrink up where the Chiefs, they get more aggressive, and it works for them. Talking with Alan Bell uh, on Twitter. You can follow him at the AB3 on Twitter. Uh, or I'm sorry, at the AB3 on YouTube, which is his new YouTube channel. Hey, they'll channel. find it. Yeah. And, and they will find it. But, uh, yeah, just or you can search Alan Bell on YouTube. How, how harsh, then, should the criticism of Lamar be after yesterday? Obviously, it was a big game for him. He had a chance to go to a Super Bowl. He's playing at home. And, sure, the offensive game plan maybe wasn't tailor-made for how they've gotten here, but how much of this falls on Lamar's shoulders? Some. I, I mean, you know, this is the NFL. We're not going to put it all on, you know, the quarterback here. Uh, first off, uh, Zay Flowers, I, I don't know what the hell you were doing. I mean, that 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 ended the game. That ended their season. You could say it right there. You know, and again, that goes back to John Harbaugh. You know, they were, you know, both teams were, were you know, kind of yapping before the game. You should have cut that out right then and there is that it's going to hurt you. And being on the three-yard line compared to back to the 25 or whatever it was, I mean, that was disastrous. And then he fumbles right there. So Zay Flowers is going to have to take a lot of that. Number two, uh, the offensive game plan, you know, was Munkin telling Lamar to – be in the pocket for a seemingly 10 seconds long, right? Like, I don't know. Or is that on Lamar? Should he have made decisions quicker? I don't know. But it, it goes to Harbaugh, Munkin, Lamar, uh, you know, on, on the actual execution of that. And then Zay Flowers, I mean, what are you doing? And the defense, every third down. I mean, they, just, they would just give it up every single time. They got to take some too. So, I mean, it's a full team blame there. You know, obviously, Alan, it's not like the Chiefs are going to win, you know, the AFC or the Super Bowl every season moving forward. But I, I do wonder what kind of number you think this season does on the league and specifically the AFC moving forward, given that this is nowhere near the best team of this era for Kansas City. They're a win away from their second Super Bowl in a row. They're, they're a win away from their third in the last five seasons. It's like, I just wonder what it's like to be Buffalo today or, or Baltimore today or any of these teams where it's like, this was the year to get them. And now we're not going to get them. Yeah, it, it sucks, man. Look, uh, we saw New England do that, right? Like, we've seen, uh, you know, uh, dynasty-type teams go through this. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it probably is awful in Baltimore. It's probably awful in Buffalo. But I'll say this, and I know that, you know, we'll hear and read on Twitter or whatever that people are tired of seeing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And, and look, I get it. I, I'm not saying that. I, I understand the thought process, right? But don't let those opinions fool you. People love dynasties, and they love chalk. The public loves it. Look at the NCAA tournament. It is phenomenal of how it's built out because truly everyone has a chance, and we see upsets and all kinds of stuff. The Elite Eight and in to the title game is always blue bloods, always. You might have one, right? One kind of you know surprise team here and there, but the national championship is always chalk. It's always big time programs, and the bigger the program, the bigger the numbers do. And I bet that we see it in the Super Bowl here. It's going to be phenomenal. So yeah, I mean you have a point, but Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, like they they draw numbers, man. Like they do it every single time. Well, speaking of numbers, the line opened at San Francisco minus two and a half, and at some places you can already get it down at one and if memory serves didn't we see a line flip last year where it went from chiefs to philadelphia before kickoff could we see that same thing happen this year which of course then creates the dreaded middle that the books just absolutely do not want to see 
Yeah, we could, man. And, you know, the tough part is going to be, you know, not only betting, you know, plus one, minus one on either side. You're essentially playing the money line game. But what does that do to parlays, right? Because you're going to see, you know, we had so many of the, the Chiefs plus four and a half, the Ravens minus four and a half, where, you know, the public would put those in parlays, just run a money line and go. Now you're essentially playing a money line game. So you're going to see that that number jump the fence, I think, for sure, because how can you not bet on Patrick Mahomes? Like, I I think everyone's kind of getting the point now of, like, <laughs> yeah, like, bet the dude. Like, wh- what are you doing not doing it? So I, I think over the next two weeks, yeah, man, we're going to see it, and it'll jump back because we're, we'll see big money come in on San Francisco, but that's the tough part when it's at one it's a money line game, man. It's, it, it changes the way that betting and the public and the sharps look at it. Alan, is there, is there a particular part of this matchup where you look and you say, I really like Kansas City's advantage there, and then you look on the other side and say, but I also like San Francisco's advantage there. I mean, you just mentioned Mahomes. He's probably the obvious answer with KC, but I wonder where you see either of these teams having an advantage in this one. Yeah, I mean, look, if the Chiefs defense is playing in the Super Bowl as it has throughout the playoffs, yeah. Uh, that's a massive, massive, uh, you know, side to Kansas City here because y- we all get coming in Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. Like, those two dudes are problems. Don't be wrong. There's other guys. Kittle, you keep going down the list. But if Kansas City, the more – basically what they did with Lamar, the more they could force Brock Purdy to beat them from the pocket, the much better that's going to be for Kansas City – and then you look, I mean, Detroit ran on San Francisco. Like, I did not expect that. Not And not only did they do that, uh, Jared Goff ended up with, what, 26, 27 completions, somewhere around there? Mahomes will eat you alive, son, on that, right? So I, I am way leaning Kansas City just because I think they have so many more options of how to win this game. And quite frankly... The pressure's all on San Francisco. Kansas City's playing with house money, man, and it's showing. So, yeah, I I think that, you know, KC's defense against Brock Purdy, yeah, 100%. Alan Bell on YouTube at the AB3, if you'd like to follow him there. Alan, we always appreciate the conversation. Really intriguing games yesterday, and now we have 13 days until these two teams actually tee it up. I look forward to it, man. And yeah, you know what? We'll we'll get on here and talk about how many times Taylor Swift's going to be shown. Those prop bets are going to be more than like the national anthem and all the rest of it. It's going to be fun. But man, guys, I appreciate you having me on, man. You're welcome. Thanks, Alan. Alan Bell joining us here on Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Yeah, when you look ahead to the matchup, we've got plenty of time to break this down. Um, the, the, The Lions being able to run as they did has to be very inviting for Kansas City because... So far, Pacheco's had a tremendous postseason, um, and that just makes Mahomes even that much more dangerous. That said, I, I think if you see one side early on where San Francisco's got an opportunity, Kyle Shanahan is not going to do what Harbaugh and Munkin did. In terms of they're not going running? To play, they're going to play to their strengths. Yeah. And... I think that's going to be not the biggest get, key early. They're not going to get pass happy. Correct. They will They will make sure. In, in fact, it wasn't until the very end of the game that they uh, that they subbed out Christian McCaffrey. He played every snap at running back. Yep. 
until that very last drive. And now he's going to get a couple of weeks. Debo's going to get a couple of weeks. Exactly. I think that's going to be that, the— That'll be San Francisco's biggest ace in the hole. But I'm with Allen. If that 49er, if that 49er defense continues Dude. to have issues against the run— I don't know how Kansas City doesn't win this game. Yeah, the the defensive line, they got a little bit of pressure, especially as the game went along yesterday against Detroit. They are going to have to show up early if they're going to want to have a chance to win this game. That that's you want to talk about like things that have changed from the Super Bowl matchup 4 years ago versus now these two teams. I mean, a lot of stuff has changed. Obviously, uh, people would point to Tyreek Hill, for example, the offense for the Chiefs just mm-hmm. not being an over the top offense, more of an underneath offense. But the 49ers defense is not what it was. 49ers defense no. is is worse, and I think the 49ers defense, you know, Steve Wilkes, um, they talked about him a lot throughout the year on, on Bet the Board, uh, Todd and Payne did, and they have been a noticeably worse defense this year, and they're going to have to round into to like previous year's form if they're going to, you know, have a chance to win this football game. I, for the record, I am not someone that is like auto chiefs on this. A lot of people are, but I... I think that that, that 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 49ers offense can still be a death star. It's just right now our more recent examples of them, and this is an argument in favor of the Chiefs, is like for a month we're kind of been waiting for the 49ers to show, at least I am, what they once were. You know, the playoffs, they have been very inconsistent. And then you go back to the end of the regular season, the Ravens game, which is just over a month ago now, is still in my head. And it's still, I think, in a lot of our heads. But in the aggregate, they put together an incredible sample size of football. See, the scary thing, though, is – if you're anybody but the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and this team have now become what the Patriots were at their peak of their powers. They're not a team that is going to go out and blow you out 40-10. to 10. They know what to do at the right times to get the lead, and then just like yesterday. Stiff arm you. Big old stiff arm right in the face. Yeah, think of and all of their points. And it, exactly. It's not like the Chiefs have scored a bundle of points yeah. in this postseason. They won with 17 points yesterday. Yeah. In a game that felt like they were leading by three scores since, you know, well, really since halftime. That was the wild part is, like, late in the game, you know, when the Zay Flower stuff happens, it's like, oh, my gosh, they are one score away from this being a three-point yes. game. You know, or at least a seven-point game, and it seemed like they were down by twenty-five points right. throughout that time. This team is just—they—they they just know what to do, and they don't do anything to beat you. They're basically playing the game of "we're going to do our thing, and we'll let you make a mistake. We're going to make—we're going to wait until you make a mistake, Dude, and, that was and the then thing. it's—and then it's going to come back. And that's what Baltimore did time and time again. And you saw the frustration. It wasn't on just those obvious things like the Kyle Van Noy penalty. Or just, yeah, not if just you the watch the body language. Again, they dropped back every time like they were trying to pick up the entire deficit yes. per pass. It's like, guys, it's a 14-7 game in the first half. It's a 17-7 game going into the half. You do not have to abandon your run game. And they completely abandoned their oh, run Oh, they game. absolutely did. I mean, there was a key moment that's happening right now as we watch on the NFL Network. It was 14-7. The Ravens get the ball after a bad punt. Yeah, horrible punt. Near midfield. And they can't even get a first down. Yeah, They can't even drive in the last two minutes to get any kind of points. Then the Chiefs get the ball back. At, the, at their own, what, 10-yard line, and they go. And, and and you get a, there was a couple of They have two back-to-back penalties. Two dumb penalties, and then they get a field goal, get a two-score lead. 
And even that, along the way, they get a touchdown that gets taken off the board by a penalty, and it's not like they panic. They still are able to lead Didn't that drive with at all. Points. And instead of trying to be a hero and trying to convert a third and they 18. A little bit closer for Butker. Yep. They just got close enough, and then Butker drills the field goal. And Essentially, the game's over two, at that point in time. It fell over. Yeah. It really fell over because it was just that specter of, oh, my God, they're up two scores, and they're getting the ball. And it just felt like the whole second everything half, tight. just like everything got tight. Zay Flowers goes out and does his thing. That's the crazy part. Is like he was, you know, the reason that the game was what it was in terms of like kind of close. And he also made, I mean, first of all, the play where he he has the personal foul. If he goes one way, I do think there's a very real chance right. he scores. That happens, and then obviously the fumble. You know, it's like, all right, see you later, goodbye. And what was he doing? He was being it's careless a, with the football it's a, it's near a the end zone. Great rule. I guess that didn't go out of bounds, but oh, I saw. Listen, I saw the. I saw folks say that it's still not fair that the Chiefs got the ball on the twenty yard line, even though they made a clear recovery in the end. Zone. Okay, well that's stupid. Exactly. See, the people that want this rule abolished have jumped the shark. Yeah, I. They're so they're they so want their points, 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 points that they can't they can't realize. Hey, you fumble the ball. You, you fumble the ball in the end zone. You deserve to be punished. Give for them it. four points for trying. Mm-hmm. Not quite a touchdown, but you know. Mm-hmm. Did you see the tweet by Matt Rule? Uh, yes, and I don't remember what he said. It was something he basically like, said, I "This is why I said. don't. This is why I coach my guys not to reach the football at the goal line." Yeah, because <laughs> it's pressed. happened two weeks in a row. They pressed. Matt Rule is right. They pressed. They did, and they did. They pressed. They pressed the whole time. They absolutely pressed. Yeah, the pressure. You know, the pressure pro- got to them. They're professionals, but I mean, it's just one of those games. Where you could just tell, like, oh, wow, this is it's just going to be that kind of day. Stupid loses more games than smart wins. Yeah, really and does. that was really, I mean, not that the Chiefs weren't smart yesterday, because they were, mm-hmm. but a lot of Baltimore stupid. Cost them. Cost them that game. Yeah, indeed. And, and a lot of that is, again, because of the team on the other side and the aura that they now I have. I think they, the, the fear factor of playing Kansas City is incredibly real now. It is. And, incredibly and, and, real. And it will be curious to see if San Francisco falls into those same because traps. They, and I know we were up against it, but they have brought fear factor for other teams. I think the 49ers have. But if they start how they did versus the Packers and the Lions, they will be unable to come back. I do not think that that's possible against this team. They need to get the fast start going against Kansas City. Still to come, we're going to talk with uh, Mitch Sherman. Uh, coming up, we're going to – what happened to Nebraska Paul? Mm. I picked oh, him. I know. I picked him. I know. I they went on him. the road. I didn't. I picked him in predictions. Cost me. Sixteen twenty. the zone. Nick Grimm for my friends in your new sports book, Circa Sports Iowa. With tight money line splits and a low hold model, Circle wants you to make as much money as you possibly can while keeping as little for themselves as they also possibly can. That includes not limiting you if you keep winning big like some other places may or may not do. Their customer service is also the best. It's Las Vegas hospitality in the palm of your hand. Anywhere in Iowa, they like to treat the app and its users as if you were sitting right there in Vegas with them. There's real people and not AI or bad robots behind it. If you have any issues at all, email them or tweet at them and they will resolve your issues as fast as they possibly can. You've gone ahead. You've tried the others. Now try Circus Sports Iowa and never go back. Download it today from your app store. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-238-7633.